Hi, and thank you for listening to me introduce the Family Life Christian Center podcast. Whether you're listening because you slept in on Sunday or you're just back for more, we are so glad you're here. We truly believe God is doing great things in the earth through you. Whether it's your family, friends, coworkers, or people you've never met, you are called to touch the lives of those around you. We believe it's our job to empower you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. So buckle up, because we know God has something special for you right here and now. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. Today I feel like teaching on faith. And I wanted to share this one. I want you to remember this. Faith is easy. Faith is easy. Doubt is hard. Doubt is hard. Okay? Faith is easy. Faith is easy. And I'll tell you why. Because according to Romans 12, 3, he has apportioned to every single one of us the measure of faith. Let's go ahead and put that up. Romans 12, 3. He has... A, he, has, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith or the measure of faith God has given you or distributed to each of you. So every single one of us has been apportioned a measure of faith. That was a gift from God. There was no way that you could have come into the kingdom unless you could believe in the biggest miracle that ever happened in your life. The day you got born again, that moment, that split second that you got born again, that was the biggest miracle that has ever happened or will ever happen in your life. Please spend the rest of your life unpacking that. <laughs> Please just find out what happened to you when you got born again. What happened? Because the old man died and you were recreated. You were born again. And uh, it says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And it says you were made, um, you are like him in this world we are like him, okay? As he is, so are we in this world. As, he is, as Jesus is right now, so are we. Oh, come on, you're not gonna go there, are you? Yeah, that's what the Bible does, it goes there. As he is, so are we in this world. Was you saying you're God? Well, I'm one with God. I'm one with him, and it's no longer Joe Barlow that lives, it's Christ who lives in Joe Barlow, okay? And if I begin to think that way, then the walls of doubt fall. The walls that stop you, the walls that are telling you that, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. You know, I've had many, 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 many flying dreams where I can just, I'll be running down, you know, I'll be out jogging. I only jog in my dreams, but I'm not. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I'll be jogging in my dreams, and all of a sudden, I can just jump up like two or three above the ground, and I just make the rest of my trip floating in the air. And then going from one dream to the next, like come up to this, I'm jogging, then I see there's a, a 90 degree turn in the sidewalk. I'm like, I wonder if I can turn 90 degrees while I'm flying. And poop, no problem. It was so easy. No, why are you telling us this, Joe? I'm telling you this because God himself is trying to expand your capacity to believe him. Because it says with God, all things are possible. Are you telling me you can fly? Well, my son believed me. <laughs> Back at our old church, I was dismissing the service one day and my son, Mark, came running up. He said, Dad, wait. Dad, Dad, wait, tell him, tell him to wait. He said, Dad, show him how you can fly. <laughs> he heard me telling those flying dreams at the dinner table. He was convinced. I mean, he, he was intent and, and ten, you know, he was like, Dad, you have to show him. Go ahead and just show him how you can fly. He knew, he knew his daddy could fly. I still, I don't think he's gotten over that. I think he still believes it. <laughs> um, praise the Lord. By the way, just as an aside, he just released a new song on Friday. Apple Music picked it up on two of their biggest playlists, and so did Spotify, like three or four of their biggest playlists. And um, it is really good. It's his first love song that he released. He wrote a, he wrote a love song for his, his best friend and wrote it for his wedding. And uh, it's, let's, it's called Let's Call This Forever. He's re releasing another one this coming Friday and the following and the following and the following. So it's five hymns or five worship songs and five love songs. And I'm telling you, you will be blessed. But I'm telling you, Isaiah 60, where it says, your children will be known among the nations and your offspring among the peoples. And all who see them will acknowledge that you are people the Lord is blessed. That is coming to pass more and more. And I'm, I'm very thankful. But um, God is trying to expand your capacity to believe. Do you believe that your kids could like do something like world changing? I believe it. And how do, how do I believe that? Joe, why, where do you get the guts to even believe such a thing? You know, I don't know. It's, faith is easy. I, just, I mean, he spoke it, and I believed him. Just like my son believed that I could fly, I believe God. When God tells me something, I believe him. When, when he, I was sitting in, in that, sitting in that service, after the testimony was over, the pastor was already preaching, and the Lord said, get up right now and go lay hands on that man. I just believed him. I, I, I just believed him. And when I did do what God said, the obedience brought the miracle. But obedience proves your faith. Obedience proves your faith. Okay? Yeah, if you didn't grab a pencil before, maybe this is a good one to grab your pencil on. Ob <laughs> Obedience will prove your faith. That's good, Pastor. That's good. Um, at, at, our ordina at my ordination back in uh, March 31st of 2005, uh, Pastor Winston was, or was praying over me, and then the minister who was there 
when he, he called me and Nancy out and he said, the level of pleasing God that's coming in your life is mind-blowing. The level of pleasing God that's coming in your life is mind-blowing. So what does that mean? Well, in, uh, let's go to Hebrews eleven six. It says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And in that prophecy, it said the level of pleasing God that's coming in your life is mind-blowing. I want to please God. I want God to have his way in the earth. And the bigger the vessel, the more, the, the bigger the pipe, the more can flow through. If you were trying to water your garden, you use a, uh, somebody guesstimate the idea of a, of a water hose. Is it one inch? Uh, three quarter inch. Three quarter inch, thank you. Ask a fireman, right? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so three quarter inch internal diameter uh, of a water hose, you know. But then, so God wants you, wants, he's looking for throughput. Does anybody know what throughput is? Well, you can only get three quarters of an inch wide of a stream of water coming through. But if you go to one of these uh, sewers where the, the pipe is bigger than you are tall, that's got a whole lot different level of throughput. Uh, I, I was looking at, I have a picture, I, I saved it on my computer, of um, this dam and it has this pipe with a diameter of probably 12 feet, right? This pipe, and it's right on this dam. And the water coming through that pipe is coming out horizontally like a strong, a, a far distance because the, because the amount of pressure that's being thrust, of the water that's being pushed through that pipe. But that pipe had like an, uh, an internal diameter of about 12 feet. You know, it's huge. God is looking for throughput. How much can he get through your life? How much faith can he get you to use? How much can he expand your thinking to believe him? Are you willing to believe him that, uh, well, Nancy, had, Nancy and I had to literally believe him in this situation, you know, just to even obey him to have kids. We had to, we had to believe him, okay? Um, and then to believe that our children could be a blessing to other people. Well, that in itself is, <laughs> that's a step. Yeah. You know, it may be a big one. But then to believe that your kids could be a blessing to the world, where did you get these ideas? I'm telling you, God gave each of you the measure of faith. Faith is a gift from God. As a matter of fact, faith is also a fruit of God's spirit dwelling in you. Galatians 5, and 23, let's pop that up there. And it says that, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness. See the word faithfulness there? Let's go on with the list. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let's go back to the word faithfulness. It's, it is the word faith. If you were in the King James... It doesn't translate it faithfulness. It translated faith. The fruit of God's spirit dwelling in you is you will be a person with notable faith. 
Uh, in verse 22 here, the fruit of the Spirit is love. So <clears throat> you know how people have a resume? You know, you ask somebody for their resume, hey, what have you done? What do you got in your life? Show me some fruit, right? What'd you get done? Well, I just want to tell you, this is what your resume should look like. It, can it be said, can it be said of you? I'll, I'll use myself. Can it be said that Joe Barlow, his, his life is marked with love? Can it be said that Joe Barlow's life is marked with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, goodness, faith? Can it be said, can it be said about you? This is what we're supposed to look like. This is the description of what, who we are. It's just who you are, okay? It's the presence of God's spirit. It's the fruit of the presence of his spirit on the inside of you, okay? So faith literally is a fruit of God's spirit, but it's also a gift. Did you know that faith is a gift? It was a portion to you in Romans 12, 3, right? That we already looked at. Uh, according to the measure of faith that God has given you, there's another place that faith is given, and that's in... Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, let's go there, Johnny. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom or a word of wisdom. To another, a message or word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another, faith by the same Spirit. Okay, right there, stop there. This kind of faith is a different, it's, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Literally, just like speaking in tongues is a gift of the Holy Spirit, faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. But this kind of faith, I would describe this a little differently. When it's time to buy a building, when it's time to build a building, or something that's, maybe, maybe when it's time to do an album, right? Or when it's time for you to write a book, I do believe this gift kicks in and says, I can see this. I can see this. I can see this. I know we're getting there. I know that I know that I know we are getting there. But I'll tell you, I believe it takes a gift of faith to, to, uh, to walk in some of that level of faith. Because you see, people who step into this gift of faith and all of a sudden, you're like, wow, where in the world did that come from? How did he have the faith to believe that? There was a guy starting a ministry out in Oak Brook, and he was looking for land. He was praying. He was believing God. And he went to a particular property to look for, you know, to ask the owner about the land because he was looking for some ministry property. And an elderly woman opened the door with a shotgun, pointed at him. She says, what do you want? And he said, ma'am, I'm looking for a so-and-so. I believe they have some property. She said, he don't live here, but what's wrong with my land? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, why don't, why don't you want my land? So he got her land. I don't, know if, I don't know how it happened, but it is the most expensive plot of ground, I think, in, in Oak Brook. I mean, it's like ridiculous that this ministry owns in Oak Brook. It's crazy, right? 
And it, that's how it started. This little old lady at the door with a shotgun. What's wrong with my property? <laughs> There's a gift of faith in action right there. There's something that's bringing about the miraculous. And we need the miraculous happening. Let me tell you something. And, and like, I, like I told you before that Nancy and I believed that in this world, we honestly didn't think our kids could survive or that their faith could survive if they didn't constantly see miracles happening in our life. Amen. So we just prayed, said, Lord, we ask you that the list of miraculous testimonies in our life would never stop growing. And it hasn't. The list hasn't stopped growing. Your kids need to see your faith because if they don't see your faith, then they'll think you're either taken, deceived, or you're a liar. Neither one's worth following. Neither one is worth following. If you've been taken by deception, you're not worth following. And if you're a liar, you're not worth following. But that's the picture you, the devil wants to paint of you in your children's eyes. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. They need to see miracles. The world needs to see miracles happening. They've got to see it. They won't believe it until they see it, okay? I'll tell you, uh, I have some siblings who do not believe in Jesus, but they could tell you what's wrong with your body and they could get you healed. They don't believe in Jesus. But they're effectively, you know, like a shaman type. You know what I'm saying? But they could get you healed. They could tell you what's wrong with your body. They could look at you and tell you. But it's not by the power of Jesus. Not by the power of God. You understand that? Well, that's what we're up against. You ready to play this game? Living this life of faith? Walking and believing that God is actually able to perform that which he said? I believe he is. And it's been proven to me in my life over and over and over again. And I'm happy about it. Okay? And I'm expecting even more. I told you this story before. Um, We used to have a um, women's ministry over at Tiffany's house. And uh, there was one week for JBM, I was believing God for, for, uh, for payroll, you know? Just because I needed a couple thousand dollars for payroll. I had several employees at the time. And Sunday morning when I woke up, I had $5 in the JBM account. The next morning, somebody hit the account with $50. I was like, oh, praise the Lord. We're on our way. Come on. Come on, Lord. I'm believing you. Listen, please listen closely to what I'm saying. By, by noon, somebody hit my account with $500. Okay, I was like, praise God. Father, thank you. I wasn't asking anybody. Just asking the Lord, right? The next morning we were at Tiffany's and uh, they would always put out a little basket or a box, whatever, and the ladies would, would put money in there for us for JBM. And um, so after the meeting, I was out, Nancy and I, uh, Nancy was still in the house praying for somebody, right? So I'm sitting in the car and I'm just waiting so I'd go ahead and count what came in, right? And uh, while I'm counting it, my phone was on the, uh, the holder, right? 
on the dashboard. Right while I was counting this, all of a sudden on my phone, 5,000 just hit my account. And I started laughing out loud. <laughs> like real loud, I was just laughing. But while, I, listen, while I was laughing, ha, 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 loud, the Lord spoke through me and said, now believe me for more. But Lord, that was enough to cover payroll, maybe two payrolls. But here he was shouting to me, believe me for more. He's commanding me to believe him for more. My friends, I do believe God. You know, it says when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I believe that this morning the Lord is shouting to you and commanding you, believe me. Believe me for more. I want to do more in your life. I want to increase you. I want to bless you. I want to increase your effectiveness. Can you hear this? Can you hear this? This is a spirit of God calling you. And he's giving you the faith as a gift. However, we all love Superman, right? But there's one thing Superman don't like. What is, what's, bad for, what's bad for soup tonight? Kryptonite. So what's the kryptonite of faith? Doubt. Now it says in Mark eleven twenty three that if you believe in your heart and do not doubt and say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall obey you. So let me ask you real quick. How much faith do we need in our heart to move a mountain? How much faith? The size of a mustard seed. So probably that big, right? Come on, you. That's right. Can you see how big that is? That's about the size of a mustard seed, right? So listen, listen. How much doubt is allowed in your heart to be able to move a mountain? How much? Zero. Zero. So it takes this much faith to move a mountain as long as there's zero doubt. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing. Now, <clears throat> if I asked John Emerson over here, if I asked him for a ride home, Hey, John, can I get a ride home after the service? Sure, Joe, no problem. How much doubt do you think I have in my heart that, that John will actually give me a ride home? Zero. I, I have zero doubt. If John told me he's going to give me a ride home, I have zero doubt that I have a ride home. So if, if I can believe John for a ride home, why can't I believe God? When he tells me something, when God told me, oh, Christine back here, this was back in late, late, don't say it, <laughs> don't say it, a number of years ago, thank you, we were, we had band practice, Christine was in the, in the band with me, so was Mary and Becky and it was awesome, but we were in, at rehearsal, we were standing up on the stage and uh, they put me in the hot seat, you know, they were praying for me. 
And then Christine runs across the other side of the stage and she shouts, Father of many! Then she comes back and says, but it'll be fulfilled in the ministry. She said, I had to show it to you the way the Lord showed it to me. Father of many, you will be called father of many. Okay, well, at the time, we only had like two or three kids. I'm like, come on, Lord, I'm believing you for be the father of many. And, uh, and, uh, but the Lord said it would be fulfilled in the ministry. So there's way more than seven kids. And then I was at a, um, so that hit me, and that has obviously stayed with me. Now, um, that word has been confirmed over and over again. I was in the office with Pastor Winston, and I said, Pastor, I need a word from God. And he said, I just see Romans 4.17 coming. Well, I didn't know what Romans 4.17 said. Well, it says, Father of many. <laughs> and it says, you will call things that be not as though they were. Okay? So for me to believe it, I got to believe it. But then I have to come to the Lord and say, I'm here to cash this in. Stick with me for a second. Stick with me for a second. If I go up to John after the service to say, hey, I'm ready, and he's like, what are you talking about? Well, you said you'd give me a ride home. I, I, I changed my mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> John. I canceled every other ride, so I need the ride. You got to pay up. You made a promise. So when you go up before the Lord, say, God, you said, and I need to cash this in. I'm here to collect on the promise. So if, if God said he would supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and you're short, you need to walk before the throne and say, I'm here to cash this in. I'm cashing in uh, Philippians 4.19 real quick. I'm cashing it in. He had the authority to make you the promise. And when he... <laughs> Lord, help him. <laughs> okay. He, gave, he had the authority to make you the promise. But when he made the promise, he gave you the authority to cash it in. He gave, when somebody makes you a promise, they're giving you authority to come back and say, I need it. And you know what? This does not bother God, nor does he think you're being like uh, prideful to come before him and say, Lord, I need it actually now. I actually need it now. God is really good at doing business. And you ever go before a boss and say, listen, I, I need this to happen. And he's like, yeah, okay. What? <laughs> Here you were sweating and sweating and sweating. And you go up before him and he's like, okay. Thank you. Father of many. I am called to be father of many. Okay. Uh, years ago, this came again. Okay. Lord, help me. Okay. I have to share this. So we're a bunch of pastors out in a circle having a, having a prayer meeting over at Living Word. And uh, Pastor Winston says, all right, pray for the one on your left and your right. We're all holding hands. I pray for the guy on my left. And there was like nothing. I didn't feel any juice, you know. Started praying for this lady on my right. And uh, she's a pastor in, down in the city. She's got a church of like 5,000. I didn't know that, that at the time. I'm just praying for her. And my heart's going off. I'm like, Poof man, what's up? I'm just praying in the spirit. 
And then later, we were walking out to go to the luncheon. She goes, she said, uh, man, that thing coming out of you about the nations was amazing. I said, oh, well, well, I said, I, I've been on a few missions trips. She goes, oh, no, 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 no. She said, God is trying to raise up a pastor over the nations, and he wants you to do that for him. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> but actually, that wasn't my response. You know what my response was? I said, amen. You know, the day that Billy Graham, Graham died, oh boy, I'm, I don't want to get myself in trouble here. The day that Billy Graham died, you know, here, you know, Pastor Winston had called out Romans 4.17 to me, right? So whenever the clock hits 4.17, or if God wakes me up at 4.17 in the morning, he goes, I'm just reminding you who you are. Yes. Wake up 4.17. Oh, Lord. Okay. So he's just remind, reminding me who I am. I'm 4.17, right? So the day Billy Graham dies, the Lord takes me to Acts. Oh, Lord, help me. He takes me to Acts chapter one. And he said, and I, I don't really like Acts chapter one that much. I've never been a big fan of it. I'll tell you why. Toward the, the last part of the chapter. I'll tell you why. It's a personal thing. It was the last time they threw lots, to, you know, they cast lots to uh, choose who was going to be the replacement apostle for Judas. And they didn't pick Joseph. I'm like, what are you thinking? Not picking Joseph. <laughs> That's the best name around. <laughs> As you can tell, I don't have a problem with uh, self-doubt and all that. <laughs> but what in the world are you doing? So I was never a fan of, of Acts chapter 1. And then, help me, Lord. And then um, the Lord said, he must be replaced. Billy Graham must be replaced. Mm -hmm. well, I'm not evangelist. He said he must be replaced. And the next day, I look on the Drudge Report. And you know what it said on the Drudge? You know what the big headline on the Drudge Report was? Billy Graham did 417 crusades. Oh. I'm like, Lord, nobody else on the planet's gonna understand that, what that means. Okay, I hope I didn't share too much. <laughs> but I'll tell you, this walk of faith is going to require you believing wow. and not doubting. That's right. And you're going to have to decide that you are a believer, you are a son of God, and you are sent into this planet with a job to do. And you have got to fulfill it. Because if you don't, others will die. And if I don't fulfill my calling, other people are going to die. Well, isn't that a lot to put on yourself? I'm a grown-up. <laughs> I'm a grown-up, okay? I'm still growing. But listen, if you left the door open and a thief came in and killed some people, then grow up. I mean, we have to re realize we have responsibility on this planet. That's good. Let's grow up. That's good. Your calling matters in this earth, my friends. If this is too hard for you, just take a drink of water real quick. It'll help you. <laughs> Gonna wash it down. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got a word? Come on. I saw this this morning. <laughs> uh, 
when he talks about faith, it's God talking to us. Years ago, I, I ran a uh, temporary personnel service in it, right downstairs, as a matter of fact, here, for years. And it probably 15 years ago or less than that, something like that. We had an office in uh, uh, Bloomingdale at the time. And I came to work in the morning. I was about to put the key in the door to open it up. And I had a phone call. So I took out my phone. And it's the bank. And most of our uh, backup funds were gone. And it was a, a lean year for us at that time. And so I answered the phone. And uh, the lady says to me, you're $57,000 overdrawn. And I just said, it'll be there this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a call when it comes in. (laughs) She hung up, I hung up. And then you had to go to work. (laughs) And you know... That measure of faith put all that, I didn't even think about it. Praise the Lord. Because it wasn't me speaking. (laughs) God will speak through you and let you know. And that afternoon she called us and it came in. (laughs) That happened every Monday for about eight months. And every week, it would come in. <laughs> and uh, I always tear up anymore because just the compassion of the Lord comes to me. And he wants you to know that faith, as Joe said, is easy. So faith isn't the problem. Never look at faith as the problem because he gave us that measure of faith. The problem is doubt. That's good. And it will stop it every time. Yeah. So when you hear something like that, do you go to the Lord or you go to the doubt? Mm-hmm. You have a choice. You have a choice. Yeah. And you have to have courage. Yeah. You see, uh, doubt, unbelief, and, and it's just a reaction. Thomas said... I will not believe until I put my hands in his side and put my fingers. He said, I will not believe. That is an act of your will. Faith is is an act of your will. That's right. And courage is a decision. You have to make that decision to be courageous. Amen. And fear cannot come in. When he uh, was talking to Joshua and so many other times, Christ, or Christ. The angel of the Lord, yeah. Will tell you that. You have, you just have to believe. And it's that easy. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ. 
and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.